0: Hello, 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 my little lovelies. Thank you for joining Aunt Lee's Treasures. I am your host, Aunt Lee, and co host, Coach T. Aunt Lee's Treasures is a platform to share little gems from our youth to help you, to help, you know, might give you a little piece of advice that just might help you. Come on. Learn something new with our Did You Know segment. Get healthy with Coach T as she uh, shares on her Back to Roots segment little healthy tidbit eating and exercise tips. Enjoy a spotlight of our Black entrepreneurial uh, shout outs to new and upcoming artists of all kinds. uh, As we try to help those leave a a footprint on life that's what we're here for each one be a blessing to someone on purpose so if you got a little honey problem and you want some hilarious advice call in leave us a message we'll be sure to answer your question in a hilarity way Uh, come on grab your snack grab your little pillow and join us on the porch For the next episode of Aunt Lee's Treasures. Hello, 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 my little lovelies. Thank you for joining Aunt Lee's Treasures. I am your host, Auntie Lee. We are continuing on with our 21 days of prayer and fasting, days 12 through 16 pushing right along, chug Chuck. keep the faith, keep focus, keep praying, stay prayed up. Go grab your pens and your pads and let's take some notes. Let's get this meat and potatoes. Start the year out right. As always, before we start anything, we start with a prayer. So... I want to thank you, Heavenly Father, for the opportunity to be a blessing to others on purpose. For those under the sound of my voice, may you heal them where they are, Lord. May you give them a revelation in your word that touches their hearts to seek you further. Thank you, Lord, for growth and opportunity to mature. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the blessings that you give us each and every day, the beautiful birds of, in the sky and the trees and the water, the animals that walk about, Heavenly Father. You show us your love each and every day if we only take a moment to take it in and see your wondrous creations, including us. So I thank you for the corrections and your lessons to make us better people. I send this prayer up to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith makes the impossible possible. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Mark 9, 23. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus of Nazareth went into doing good, curing every disease and freeing everyone under the devil's control. His goal was not merely to quick fix physical remedy for the moment, but a long-term spiritual healing with eternal ramifications. The core of the the, core, the cure of the boy tormented by demons is a remarkable illustration of when Jesus was contacted by those desiring healing, and he also made sure to address the faith issue. The Lord Jesus has just been transfigured in front of three Awe-struck disciples on a mountaintop. Then he descended to a valley where a distraught father had unsuccessfully sought treatment for his child's tormented by demons. These three individuals had witnessed the celestial realm, but return to the harsh reality of a groaning universe life's seemingly endless troubles and their inadequate comprehension which devastated their spirits a distressed father requested Jesus to heal his son all christians follow followers had been granted the power and authority to heal the ill and cast out devils. But when they attempted to treat this man's kid, they were utterly unsuccessful. In their hearts, they rejected God's capacity to cure and weaken this man's faith, causing him to doubt Christ's healing power. Christ descended from the glory of the transfiguration to the desperation of a failed healing and the wavering confidence of his chosen disciples. As Jesus approached, the saddened man rapidly recounted everything that had happened. The man emerged from the crowd and approached him. Teacher, I have brought my kid to you, he implored. It is his spirit that prevents him from speaking. Whenever it seizes him, he has spasms, falls to the ground, foams at the lips, clenches his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I requested your followers to expel it, but they were unable to. What a sight, but if you can do anything, have mercy on us and help us, pleaded the father in the heartbreaking plea. The same men who were to go to the last sheep, of the house of Israel, and who were empowered to do mighty miracles in the name of Christ and preach the gospel of the kingdom, were unable to cast out this dumb spirit. And so their master rebuked them severely for their lack of faith. But Christ's sympathetic heart instantly turned to the man and his silent son, and Jesus gently picked up the man's um, shaky confidence in cautious prayer. If you can, whoever believes all things are possible was him mild reprimand. Christ's capacity to cure was not an issue, as he treated all things, and all things are held together by him. The man's faith in Christ had been badly compromised. His faith was what Jesus needed to repair. By God's grace, however, he was able to cry out, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, and as a result, his kid was healed and his faith grew. Whoever is ready and willing to trust him in all circumstances, surrender to his plan and not allow monumentous issues or seemingly impossible situations to diminish their faith in God's abilities will experience wonderful things in their lives. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In his capacity to heal the brokenhearted, cast out demons, set captives free, make the lame walk, and and dead rise. And deaf hear, in the dumb speak, has never lessened because as Jeremiah reminds us, nothing is impossible for you. Okay, we'll continue on with our 21 days of prayer and fasting, day 13. Grab your pens. Let's take some notes. Faith, the faith fight is good. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession. In the presence of many, many witnesses. First Timothy 6.12. Many people erroneously believe that walking by faith entails arriving at God's plan for their lives without obstacles or difficulties. In contrast, First Timothy 6.12 teaches the exact opposite. The Apostle Paul writes in that verse, fight the good fight of faith according to his scriptures. The path of faith frequently demands a struggle to reach its conclusion. Nothing's ever easy. Being the leader or a member of a Christian community in the first century under Roman rule was not easy. Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy was filled with personal encouragement, many warnings and wise instruction. Paul encouraged Timothy on how to deal with a wide variety of theological and practical issues that Timothy was likely to face as he shepherded the little flock of believers on their spiritual journey through life. Paul defines the Christian life as a good fight, even though it is a difficult struggle. Riff with dangerous pitfalls, battle the good fight of faith, he encourages Timothy, and seize the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. It is not a battle against God, but a partnership with him against our mutual foe. It is a spiritual war in which we stand firm in the truth of God's word and fight against the world, the flesh, the devil, and our ego. Fighting the good battle of faith is not so much aggressive combat against the physical adversary as it is rising to the challenges of our Christian life or firmly seizing the eternal life that is ours through Christ Jesus our Lord. Each enemy is destructive to the soul and detrimental to our spiritual development. Therefore, each must be resistant with courage, In resolve. Christ's victory on the cross has already won the war and we are to face all of life's obstacles by retaining unwavering faith in him, relying on his sufficiency to see us through. We are to fight the good battle of faith by seizing every chance believing in his all-sufficient grace to carry us through by faith, rather than wilting in the face of a problem's enormity or giving in to temptation. When we fight the good fight of faith, we trust God in all circumstances, thereby seizing eternal life eternal life is not just about surviving eternally in the next life, but also about having a victorious life in this life. It is about growing in grace and understanding of the Lord Jesus and creating a precious intimacy with him as we firmly abide in his love. Timothy had previously demonstrated that he was a soldier for Christ. Paul had voluntarily enlisted him in the army of God, but this Christian youth had also answered the call on his life, much like Isaiah who said, here am I, send me, This passage tells us that the Lord called and selected Timothy to carry out this crucial ministry. It finishes by recalling Timothy's profession of faith in the presence of numerous witnesses. Timothy appeared to have been a modest, unassuming young man, but he was steadfast in his faith because he gave a courageous and beautiful testimony in front of many witnesses. And Paul wanted to remind Timothy that the cause of Christ was worth fighting for and that his young companion In co-laborer in the gospel needed to press on toward the prize of faith calling he had faith calling he had in christ jesus each of us must realize that we must preserve until the very end so that along with paul and timothy we may seize the eternal life that Christ Jesus desires for each of his children. Like Paul and other disciples, Timothy followed the same route as Jesus. He walked the route of the cross. Christ carried the same path before us, and he patiently endured the cross, loathing the disgrace and humbly, humbly submitted the to his heavenly father's plan and like him our lives are to be testimony to his faithfulness for as we run the race set before us with patience endurance and a determination to do all of, to do all for the glory of god we will also fight the good fight of faith and seize the eternal life to which we have all been called. So that along with Timothy and a great cloud of witnesses, we may also make a good confession before many witnesses. Wow. Let's reflect on that. How long have you been fighting the good fight of faith? What do you have to lose if you decide to stop trying God implores you to stand up and fight, devoting your concentration, concentrated efforts to defending your beliefs. Fight in a manner that is honorable, admirable, and deserving of the upcoming prize. Continue to fight until you can proclaim The battle is over, and I have won. Yes, let's pray. Dear God, I know that you understand my situation. I am not alone. The Holy Spirit empowers me to overcome any obstacle to your plan. Today, I yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to fill me with his power that fights every opposing force and endures strong to the end so I can stay in the struggle until I win. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Day 14, can your faith stand? that your faith should not be in wisdom of men, but in the power of God. First Corinthians 2, five. Human nature is to trust oneself, but Paul was humbled by the majesty of God and immediately realized that the worldly wisdom was esteemed by humankind is foolishness in God's eyes. Compared to the all-knowing power of our holy and just God, our physical talents, human wisdom, and cerebral capacities are of no consequence. So when Paul first arrived in Corinth to preach the word, he did not dazzle or astound them with his eloquence or superior or re, superiority. Paul's persuasive words did not convince them, but driven by the Holy Spirit, he resolved to share nothing other than the gospel of Jesus Christ, who was killed for their sins and risen to eternal life for all who believe. Paul, who was so accomplished in every facet of human wisdom and understanding, did not rely on his academic prowess and rhetorical brilliance to emphasize the futility of worldly wisdom. Paul approached them in a state of weakness, trembling, and terror. The Lord Jesus renounced his heavenly splendor to express only what he heard from his father. In the same way, Paul abandoned his human accomplishments in oratory talents to speak only what he received from Christ indwelling spirit, he sought to demonstrate that there is godly wisdom that comes from above and that God's servants should only express those things that come from him. Secret wisdom that is unavailable to the world and heavenly truths that are only revealed to those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was concerned that these Corinthian Christians and those who would follow them in the faith would not be persuaded to base their faith on the smooth-sounding seductive words of worldly knowledge or the eloquent rhetoric of some great orator, as was the custom in those days. The clear message of the gospel of Christ was basic and direct so that the confidence of these Christians and those who would follow them would not be based on man's wisdom, but on God's power. Paul was aware that the world viewed the wisdom of God as foolishness, but that did not prevent him from retaining his trust in the power and wisdom of God, and his ready submission to the Lord's authority as he preached this simple gospel message. Paul's message may have been unimpressive from a human standpoint, still the message of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. And Jesus himself promised that if he were exalted, the gospel of God believers believes and Jesus himself promised that he were exalted. The gospel of God would be propagated and the Holy Spirit would draw all men to the Lord Jesus. The salvation of another person's soul is not contingent upon us or the stunning words we implore. Simply, we are tasked with proclaiming the word and the magnificent gospel of Christ in all its reality. It is not our duty to rescue another individual. Let me repeat that. It is not our duty to rescue other people. The responsibility for their salvation rests with the Holy Spirit's work of conviction in their life. However, we who God's grace has rescued through faith in Christ, have a responsibility to communicate the gospel, the good news with others as guided by the Holy Spirit so that their faith as well as ours rests only on God's power. Wow, that's deep. That's deep. Okay, how often do you rely solely on your intellect when you share the gospel with less knowledgeable individuals? How often do you do that? Determine that you will ask the Holy Spirit what he desires to do in those moments. Allow him to guide you as you remain alert to him. Very powerful. Heavenly Father, please forgive me for the times I have relied on my strength or tired to persuade people to follow Christ through my persuasive abilities. Help me to share the truth of the gospel of grace straightforwardly and honestly as directed by the Holy Spirit so that my flesh and theirs may be established on the truth and not affected by worldly rhetoric. To your honor and glory, in Jesus' name, amen. This is just the way I am, but by grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. 1 Corinthians 15 10. Do you know an exceptionally critical person? They constantly fabricate everything. Something unpleasant to say, regardless of the circumstances. Unaware of their negativity They live with little happiness and tranquility, wandering aimlessly through life with a glass half-empty mindset. What is the reason for the pessimism? Why can't negative individuals see beyond specks of imperfections and emphasize the positive aspects of existence. Typically this defeatish attitude stems from a negative self-image. People who are overly critical <clears throat> and pessimistic will frequently project their bad traits and identical sentiments about themselves onto others. Unfortunately, the mentality of inadequacy permeates their spiritual life, impending the development of good connections with God by causing people to perceive Him falsely. Gullible. I think that's kind of what that describes. Paul sets the standard for self-image in 1st Corinthians when he humbly claims I am the least of the Apostles and do not deserve the title of apostle because I persecuted God's church by the grace of God though I am how I am Fifteen nine. Through 10, Paul recognizes that he is a sinner on the one hand, yet simultaneously realizes that God's grace makes him a new creature, a new creation, forgiven and conforming with the image of Christ. What are the characteristics of a healthy sense of self? A person with a positive self-image is aware of their strengths, weaknesses, and vulnerabilities, is open and honest, and can confidently say, I love you. They can express their views without fear of criticism or retribution most importantly they accept themselves their scars blemishes and all because God's initially accepted them 1 John four nineteen tells us that conversely someone with a poor self-image lacks trust in themselves or others questions their ability suffers from a Precautious complex, everyone is after me complex, is afraid to be vulnerable and always hides their weaknesses behind a mask. Such a person typically believes that God assesses their worth based on how good they are, which results in a workaholic attitude. Hmm. Now that we know the various external manifestations of self-image, both negative and positive, what are the advantages and disadvantages of having an unhealthy perspective of ourselves? Sin is the first item on the list. Frequently, sin causes us to slip into a guilt trap we examine our weaknesses and ask how can god assist me with this sin throughout my life guilt initiates a self deterioration process that will gradually deteriorate the mind over the long haul The overachievement trap is an additional cause of a poor self-image. This individual believes he must prove his worth to others and God by utilizing works. He feels that to be worthy of God, he must achieve something remarkable. When and if he accomplishes this milestone, he continually raises the bar till he eventually burns out. Our hesitation in accepting constructive criticism impedes our mobility toward a pleasant series of self a pleasant sense of self a man with a divine view of himself chooses whether he desires God's approval or the world's from there he selects to live for the Lord and settles this matter as long as we live, someone will always criticize us. We cannot be everything to everyone. First Corinthians nine twenty-two tells us. <laughs> Lastly. One of the most detrimental reasons for low self esteem is a wrong interpretation of Scripture. In Philippians 2, Paul exhorts believers to die to self. This does not mean we should no longer value or have worth inside ourselves. This scripture text is frequently misrepresented, making some Christians consider themselves as having no value. Philippians 2 simply instructs us to consider ourselves from God's perspective. Paul urges Christians not to see others as stepping stones for their advantage, but simultaneously attempt to demonstrate Christ's humility. This is one instance of how the incorrect interpretation of scripture might result in a low self-esteem. Image. So how do we establish a positive self-image? Abandon negative self-perceptions and rid ourselves of the excess baggage that burdens us. Overcoming a poor self-image Requires the following Salvation. Begin by accepting Jesus' forgiveness and the finishing work of the cross. Without it, we will never see ourselves accurately because, from an external perspective, we have nothing apart from Christ. Saturating yourself with Scripture. The more you study God's word, the more it will permeate your mind, and the more you will fill your thoughts with God's perspective on that objective. You are deserving of unconditional love, forgiveness, and acceptance. Obtaining pardon. Ask the Lord for forgiveness for specific transgressions you have kept within your heart. John 3.16 states that and to stop bargaining with God do not try to trade good deeds for God's favor or approval you can do nothing to make him love you more or less than he already does regardless of your actions his love for you is already flawless He cannot love you any more than he already does. Galatians 3.13-14 Extending yourself. The happiest guy goes with his heart wide open. Permit others to enter your life. Share your thoughts and emotions with those surrounding you. Proverbs 20.7 tells us how to do that. Not dwelling on the past. Concentrate on what God is doing in your life now, rather than yesterday's shortcomings. Be in the current moment, and God should direct your steps into the future. Isaiah 65, 17 Until you build a positive self-image, you will never realize the good plans the Lord has for your life okay let's reflect on that take some time to think about who you are in christ find two supporting scriptures and write them down make a point to meditate on those throughout the week okay we'll do that let's pray lord god help me see myself through the lens of your love let me continue to acknowledge the grace that's on my life May I continue growing in my faith and transforming into Christ-likeness. May everything I do bring honor and credit to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And we have finally made it to day 16, our last chapter of this segment of 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Let's continue. Acceptance and embrace your grace. According to the grace of God, which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. 1 Corinthians three ten. Do you ever find yourself at odds with God's grace? When you look at yourself, do you see the person God created you to be? Or do you see someone else? In fact, a lot of Christians have problems with this. The grace God has bestowed upon their lives is not enough for them and they long for the grace of someone else. For instance, there may be a stay-at-home mom who has spent years making a pleasant environment for her family. She homeschooled her children and was able to train them up in a godly manner, yet she has weekly playdates with other moms who seem to be doing it all, and she begins to wonder whether her life has Meaning that college athlete was good enough to garner a full scholarship after his high school graduation, but he isn't the star of the team. He questions whether he is good enough and is never satisfied with his performance because the coaches keep comparing him to his pro-athlete brother. A pastor leading the same local congregation week after week can easily become wary of seeing the same faces in the congregation. Soon he begins fantasizing about life on the road, either a teacher or an evangelist who travels to far-flung locations to spread the good news. Conversely, in, in... I don't know what that word is. Preacher or education may long for the pastoral grace that would finally allow him to plant roots anywhere. To be happy and content, one must accept and embrace the person God created them to be. Not anybody else. He created you to be, me to be, my own little being. Now imagine Paul, an apostle called by God, who was also a Jew with Roman citizenship, being called to the city of Corinth, one of the most corrupt cities of the time. It was a hotbed of immortality, wickedness, and sexual perversion. Like many of us, he could have shrunk back from his calling or wished he could be like some other apostle or be in another place. He could have been erroneous of the grace on somebody else's life. Uh, He could have been envious of the grace on somebody else's life. Like many of us, Paul had difficulty accepting God's grace, but he reached a point where he stopped resisting God's anointing on his life, and instead welcomed it with open arms. He marched into the evil city with such conviction that the grace of his life practically pushed the forces of evil aside. And because of the apostles' tenacity and resolve, the church in Corinth was born and would eventually become one of the largest churches of the first century. He would also meet Aquila and Priscilla in this city, who would become his most influential ministry associates. Apostle Paul confronted principalities and powers, demonic manifestations in pagan temples to establish new Christian communities in each place. He visited, he accompanied, he accomplished this in other places, including Corinth, Ephesus, Thessalonia, and many others. He embraced his grace upon the completion of each new church. The Holy Spirit would entrust him to hand the realm over to a successor. Knowing and welcoming your grace is a source of great happiness. There comes a moment when you no longer feel frightened by or envious of someone else's grace. There is this is my grace i will flow easily from your lips it will flow easily from your lips because of their grace no one else can do what you do or i do and we don't have to compete praise god that everyone is not the same the talents and skills of each are invaluable You are a vital part of the body of Christ. Rather, you serve as a pastor, usher, business person, or artist. A person of your statute must possess grace. Find your grace, accept it, and let it rule your actions. What grace has God placed on your life? we're reflecting what grace has God placed on your life? Have you accepted it? How will you use your grace to impact your circle of influence in the kingdom of God? Hmm. Father, thank you for the grace you have placed on my life. You have anointed me for this position and prepared me unequally to carry it out. Help me, Lord, to stop resisting your will for my life and accept the grace that you have bestowed upon me. In Jesus' name, I pray. And that concludes chapter 16 of the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Well, my lovelies, it's been a lovely evening, learning some new things and trying to get through a 21-day fast and enjoying some wonderful tunes from an up-and-coming artist. Thank you for sharing your time with me. And remember, we're going to be back every night. So tomorrow, I'll be here again with the next segment of 21 Days of Fasting and Prayer. This is your host, Aunt Lee, on Aunt Lee's Treasures. I love you. Good night. And if nothing else, baby, while you're out there living your life, making your mark on the world, remember to be a blessing to someone on purpose. Mm -hmm. You never know who your angel is. God is watching. Love you. See you tomorrow night.